What's up guys, David here and welcome to the FitPro Daily. A new week means a brand new topic and this week we're going to talk about understanding your audience. We're going to look at what it's like for prospects and we're going to look at what we need to do in order to keep the clients for the long term. And we're going to start the week off with a massive guest interview. Tanya, a marketing strategy and mindset coach, is coming on to share her knowledge and her experience on this topic. And in specific, we're going to look at nailing your niche and speaking their language. But before I do dive into today's guest interview, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, press pause, press subscribe, and then let's dive into the interview with Tanya. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to today's guest interview. Today, we have Tanya Filer on uh, all the way. I don't know. Where are you based? Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire, <laughs> all the way in sunny Hertfordshire. And we just had a funny conversation. It's like the hottest day here in the UK at the minute. And Tanya's got some crazy roadwork company next door. So all the windows, all the doors, everything's shut. And yeah, it's pretty hot in that house today. Yeah, it's not pleasant. <laughs> so we kind of known about each other for a long time, I'm guessing. I keep seeing your name pop up in certain places, and I'm guessing you've probably heard my name pop up, but we've never actually spoken. So I'm guessing this interview will be a good one for me personally to ask a load of questions that I really, because it's stuff I don't know about yourself, and then anybody that's watching live will also be asking questions too. Perfect. The first question I ask everybody is, how did you get into the fitness industry? So um, I've always been into fitness and health played a lot of sport when I was at school, um, had my first child and then after having him needed to get back to pre-pregnancy weight, started at the gym. Here we are like 20 years later. I've gone through all variations of gym, gym classes, um, Zumba, um, aqua aerobics, personal training, um, bodybuilding, CrossFit, the lot you name it, I've dipped my toe into that fitness arena. So it's just like a massive hobby, massive interest. And combining that with the work that I do in marketing, it just seemed like a no-brainer for me. So you were doing marketing pre-becoming a fit pro? Yeah, so I've always been in sales and marketing. Um, I don't label myself as a fit pro. I am a marketer with an interest in health and fitness. Cool, okay, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what you do now then. Now we kind of know a little bit about your background, you, your marketer, you had child. That's kind of what gave you the interest in, in the fitness industry. Uh, you've done all these qualifications and you've done all the jobs and stuff. So what, what, what does Tanya do now then? Um, so now I'm a marketing and mindset performance coach for fitness professionals, um, gym owners, health and wellness brands. So I take people who use social media or online marketing and they struggle with it and I coach them through strategy through creation through messaging impact um, and get them from stuck to flow I guess you could say from stuck to flow that sounds like a terrible terrible 1980s band <laughs> um, and that's 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 um... I'm too young for that, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so the way you worded that then, that sounds more less software, more mindset, more belief and all that type of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. So it's more about um, understanding who you are, where you're 
difference lies, your unique skills, mm. um, your personality, how that influences the audience that you need to connect with, um, but also how that impacts your best work. So understanding what your unique skills are, what your talents are, what your strengths are, and helping people put that into a service, a package, and a message that optimizes. Sure, okay. And I'm guessing that's why we've called this episode Nailing Your Niche and Speaking Their Language, because it's much, much more than just running some Facebook ads, jumping on the phone, talking to people and trying to sell to them, I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's let's say nailing your niche. What does that mean to somebody just getting started in the fitness industry or somebody who's been in fitness industry for a while and they're degenerate just work with everybody and anybody? What does nailing your niche actually mean then? So it basically means that every time you are talking to somebody online, every time you're crafting a message, an email, a leaflet, a poster, if you want to attract a specific type of person into your business, that person that you love working with, that you know you're going to be able to get amazing results for, and you're not going to want to punch in the face every time you speak to them. It's figuring out who that person is, what they like to hear, what they need, um, and what you can do to get your message across to them. So that's what nailing your niche is. It's not just about the message either. It's about your products and services. It's making sure that you're actually fulfilling an, a need that they have, a requirement that they have, mm. and not just providing something that you think that they need. So I've just qualified as a PT. I don't know who I enjoy working with. I don't know who I want to punch in the face just yet. How or when should I start niching down or trying to work more specifically with one person? I think you get a feel for the type of person that you like straight away. It's always a good idea to look at the people around you. So family, friends, the people that you get on well with, the people that you like the most, people that you've worked with before, even if you've just left school and you've only ever had a Saturday job. Profiling and researching and using those people as a blueprint for the kinds of behaviours, habits, impact um, that you know exists in your world and you can evidence that. It's a good place to start with, okay, so I'm going to craft this message for my um, 18-year-old cousin. They're the sort of person that I would really love to work with. I get on really well with them. So every message that I create is going to be based on that person for now. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to work with people, your skill set changes. Your, you evolve. Everybody should evolve, at least, with your new learning, your new skills, um, experience through communication, through making mistakes, you will get a feel in quite a short space of time for, I didn't like working with that person. These are the reasons why. Yeah. I don't want to work with more people like that. So what do I need to be saying in my message to make sure those kinds of people don't come to me? Okay. Cool. And it can be something as simple as like not wanting to work with um, people that do lots of cardio. So, my mum owns a hairdresser and I've, as a kid, I've grown up, I've been working in this hairdresser. I finished school, I'm super keen with the gym, I'm quite muscly, but my mum's, where I've worked, is always ladies in their 30s and 40s and 50s and they're mainly ladies. How could I, as an 18-year-old, 
in really great condition, be able to work with that type of audience, an audience that um, I can't really relate to. Storytelling. So if that's the kind of audience that you know that you can help, there's a reason why you've chosen that particular audience. Mm. If you've just sat there and plucked a demographic out of thin air, you're going to come unstuck. If you know that you can work with these kinds of people, these this subset of people, it's about their personalities, their behaviours and their habits. That's what makes them a niche. It's not their age, their gender, where you found them, what they talk about. It's a set of behaviours, a set of alignment. Um, they have shared stories, shared outcomes, shared experiences, combined with the impact that you have. It could be something so, like super simple, such as I really have a keen interest in, let's pick something out of thin air, um, animals. So dogs, animals, I've been brought up around dogs and animals my whole life bringing stuff like that into your content and your messaging and your conversations aligns people that have similar interests behaviors to you so by talking about the things that you absolutely love by amplifying yourself your personality your traits your values that's going to attract people that are similar to you we tend to only like really enjoy working with people that are similar to ourselves and this again for anybody that doesn't know how i got started when i was about 22 23 when i got the first one fit for i decided to work with over 30s ladies so the story like tanya said there create a story my story was i want to help people just like my mum who have a number of kids they she works full time she did everything for us but she never worked she never did anything for herself and for me, that was the story I would sell or I would tell. And that's what brought the people in or the over 30s ladies in. And then eventually, yeah, we started work with guys. And now I'm I'm 31 now. So uh, even I can go to my own gym. So yeah. yeah, creating those stories makes a big, big difference to how you present your program. So here's another question for you then. Uh, we're talking about picking a niche. And let's say you decide, you know what, I really do like working with people very similar to my dad, that I've got a good relationship with my dad, I've trained him and um, I can get him results. But what about people who were younger than my dad or ladies who want to lose weight? Aren't I, aren't I just losing out on potential income because I'm being really specific about only working with this type of audience? No, because if you think about it in terms of how many people can you serve at any one time, um, you can't serve, say you're an in-person PT, you only have a set amount of hours during your week. So how many people can you serve within that space of time? If you've got an audience of, um, say, 200 Facebook friends, a couple of hundred Instagram followers and a LinkedIn, and you're quite well known in your local area. If you niche down and say, I want to work with guys who are 40 plus who have got a bit of a belly, want to um, get back the way that they looked when they played youth football kind of thing. You're going to have a good number of people within your network already that fit that demographic. They will have friends that fit that demographic who will have friends that fit that demographic. And if you serve that subset, your very small tribe really well initially, that message will spread without you even doing anything. 
there's a lot to be said for customer feedback and for like your your clients should be your best salespeople on your team your best unpaid salespeople on your team they should be telling people that you're doing a good job if you're doing a good job and it's it's such a key thing and no we're not saying like super 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 niche down but if you can pick that audience it it, it makes you the specialist yeah. like if if you break your shoulder or damage your shoulder really badly you're not just going to go to a doctor you're going to go to a shoulder specialist somebody who can sort that issue so if you are known as the the dad coach in your area or something the or the over 40s men's transformation coach you're ha you have a lot stronger pull yeah does that mean we can charge a little bit more or or we we become quite uh unique or should we kind of just stay the same with our pricing and stuff you should definitely always evolve with your pricing. You should have different levels of pricing as well that people can get access to you. So there should be, um, I think we call it like a product ladder. So you should have freebies, you should have low entry um, options, you should have um, potentially group options, and then you've got your VIP one-to-one -one high ticket stuff should you choose to go down that route. But only having one way of serving people definitely limits your... Um, ability to create wealth which is why we why we're here right i mean we love the job that we do but we want to be paid well for the work that we do for the results that we get especially if we're getting results that are unique for a very unique subset of people when you become a specialist um, and you become an expert in that field there should be like a price tag on that it's like having two handbags one's got the hermes logo on it and one's from aldi like it says there's a different level of quality right cool okay like it okay so we've decided we're going to work with over 40 over 40s dads and in our local area we've got a boot camp we've got pt maybe we do some online stuff how, how, how do we find these clients how do we find these prospects um, everywhere, literally everywhere. If you talk about what you do in enough spaces, enough times, your message should land. So there's obviously social media, um, understanding where your niche hang out the most, where do they spend their mo the most time. So for example, if you're looking for um, women, mums who um, are very time poor, spend a lot of time like focusing on their kids, have a good set of friends that they hang out with. Um, Facebook is a great place to attract mums. They spend a lot of time on Facebook. I know I am one. I know lots of other mums. We are all on Facebook. But then if you think if you've got a target audience of 18 to 19 year old lads who just want to get a bit buff for the beach in Ibiza this year, Snapchat, TikTok are probably your places to hang out. But you've also got local um, marketing. So the offline kind of examples that I could use are going into any local businesses that your ideal client are going to spend time in barbers, hairdressers, cafes, coffee shops, leave your details with people, put up posters, but don't put up the generic kind of posters. Use storytelling in your stuff. Talk about what you do everywhere that you go. Um, Branded merchandise as well. If you can afford to have your clients wear hoodies or T-shirts with your name on them, um, that's a great way to get extra marketing as well. Specifically, if your type of client 
wears your branded hoodie around other people like that, it's going to send the message that, oh, that's a PT that trains people like me. Well, yeah, storytelling is key. And I'm guessing, like you say, if you're posting in enough places where your target audience hang out, it makes makes everything so much easier. And then you haven't even mentioned paid advertising and all this other stuff that comes in with it. Yeah. So, yeah, just be in as many places as possible, but also don't overkill yourself. Don't don't be like on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, no. Snapchat, Facebook, Pinterest, and all these other places because your no. message gets a bit lost. Yeah, it's overwhelm. That's complete overwhelm. Cool. Okay, so we've got our niche now. We know kind of where to find them. We know we need to talk a little bit about storytelling. So where does talking their language or speaking their language actually come into it? What does that What does that even mean to begin with? So, if you've been on social media for any length of time, you will know that when people post, they use particular phrases. Um, they'll have context. They'll have tonality. They'll have the way they group, even to the point of how do they construct their own posts? So do they like long captions? Do they like short captions? What kind of visuals are they interested in? Um, what content do they post? What content do they follow? What are they already consuming? So there's a massive difference between somebody that spends free time watching documentaries on World War One and World War Two to somebody who spends free time watching um, makeup tutorials on YouTube. So what are they already consuming? How do they consume it? What language is used around the content that they consume? Do they like long, lengthy, descriptive, educational kind of content? Or are they, oh, just show me a quick three minute how-to video and I'm, I'm all for it knowing what your ideal market loved the most by researching what they already consume and having conversations should never be underestimated here. Like content creation should be like 30 to 40% of your social media stuff. You should spend more time in conversations with your audience than you should on creating like long lengthy content. You'll get more leads and more interest and more engagement through outreach than you will through broadcast. So where we've got the guys that watched the World War One and got the people that watched the tutorials and stuff, when you said storytelling in the previous part of it, mm -hmm. would you be referencing these type of things and trying to translate painting your nails to joining my fitness program? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So things like, so when it comes to makeup and beauty, it's about the visual representation. It's transforming yourself from one place to another through simple application of um, what's around you. Whereas with history, this is about exploration. This is about analysis, research, um, going back and understanding what happened in order to understand what might happen in the future so it's kind of it sounds like a lot of bloody work and it is but if you are interested in people and if you want your marketing to have impact then spending time figuring out who your people are and what they love will have way more impact on your business than than anything else 
and you know this like it makes your ads so much more powerful if you present them in a way that they are ready to consume and they've already bought into you if they can see a story and they think it's an authentic story and it's not um a scam of some sort they'll buy into it they'll, they'll actually read it if it looks like a story that they can resonate with they'll read it and they might even click so the question most people are asking now then is what's the difference between a, a story post and just generally posting things on Facebook? Is there, a, is there a certain way of writing it? Should you have certain key points that you have to hit to make sure it's a really good story? What kind of info or tips have you got on storytelling? So storytelling, um, if you're in any way serious about understanding what this is and the impact that it has. Um, I can't remember the name of the bloody author. This happens every time, but there's a book called The Hero's Journey and every single Pixar film and any story of note is based around the hero's journey, um, philosophy and framework. Um, stories take people on a journey. Um, there's normally a protagonist. There's normally something to overcome. There's normally a hero and there's normally a happy ending. There's always like a parable of sorts within the story. And you can do this quite easily with, you only have to Google like nine word stories. There's stories in, in everything that we do. Stories connect us. When you meet up with somebody that you've not seen for a while, you tell the story of what you've been up to since you last saw them. And you bring characters in, which is the people around you. You can tell a story through your client's journey. So where were they when they found you? What were the stories that they told themselves, which is always a key point in, in your content? What stories do your clients tell themselves when you're not with them? The story about how they see themselves, how they feel, how it impacts their life. Um, how do they see their future self? These kinds of things. Um, story framework. There's so many different ways of doing this, but beginning, middle, end, where were they? What happened? How did you impact that? Where are they now? What result did you get for them? How do we, how do we get more of it? So storytelling doesn't have to be every post, but if you need a message to get through, make it a story that your target niche will buy into straight away, which is why knowing their language and what they like and how they consume content matters. If they like short, sharp, snappy stuff, then you put up like a six paragraph um, educational thing about the hip hinge movement. You're going to bore them shitless and they'll switch off. But if you show, if you put up like a 15 second reel showing them how to hit their bum on the wall, bought in straight away. Nice. Okay. So people are listening to this and they're, they're seeing you, you're talking about doing lots of research and they may be like, wow, there's a lot of work to do. How do you research? Is there, is there a, a, a guide that we can just Google and something pops up how to find your perfect audience? Or is there some things that you really need to take note of? How did you research for, for all this stuff that you talked about so far? Yeah, so there are basic guides. I've got a basic guide that I give to like as part of my lead magnet, but the best way to research is to look at the clients that you have, if you've got them, the clients that you love and you would like to clone 
So I would like 25 Mr. Mike Williams as my clients because he's awesome. I love working with him. We're getting really good results. Take that client and make them your blueprint. So I don't care about names, gender, age or anything like that. I want to know the stories that he tells himself. Why did he think he needed you? Why did he not realize before that he needed you? What was the turning point for him? Where does he spend time? Where does he spend money? Who does he spend time with? All of these kinds, the more detail you can get, the better. And there's no such thing as too much detail when it comes to knowing your, your ideal client. If you've already got an ideal client, that's your blueprint but you need to understand why he's your ideal client. And then you also have to look at your own values, behavior and personality. Understanding your key core values in life is probably the best exercise you can do in terms of communicating, in terms of marketing. Because if you can't tell people what matters to you in life, then you're stuck, you're in trouble. So understanding what makes you tick, why should people buy into you like why are you different to everybody else and it will come down to the fact that your key core values match theirs so doing work on yourself understanding what your ideal client looks like in terms of blueprint and research combining those two together will give you an idea of this is the kind of stuff that I need to be talking about just asking yourself one simple question what story does my client tell themselves that will give you loads of content ideas, but it will also give you an insight into who they are. And if you've got a good relationship with your client, ask them. Have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's key. Like we talked before, obviously not on, on the previous episodes, that when you're doing sales consultations to literally have your pen and your paper, don't talk, just listen and write. And I've done it in sessions before when I used to coach. I would just start a topic and then just go quiet while all the girls would just chat, 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 chat. Yep. And on my phone, like, okay, oh, that was a good one. And that's good. <laughs> and you've got a massive list of topics then to talk about. Because like you say, if these are your target audience and you love working with them, you just need to start one thing, just like drop a little bomb in the corner and just let watch them go for it, no matter who your target audience is. And that is your content done. Yeah. As long as you can write or create the videos like you say to make it really resonate and come home um, then you should have no problem really yeah absolutely it's really key that having conversations with people should be happening it, whether you're in person or an online coach or however you're using social media having conversations with people and being interested in what they're doing what they're saying what they believe where they're hanging out where they spend their money gives you clues about how you can market to them more effectively. Cool. So the, this is almost the last question I've got, is the stat in these conversations, the outreach. You mentioned that, almost like, what do you say, like 60% of your whole marketing plan should be outreach through messaging, to talking to people. Mm -hmm. how, how does somebody start a conversation with somebody maybe they've never spoken to on Facebook or they've just added as a friend or this person's inside their Facebook group? Do you go straight in for the kill? Hey, you want to come down for a free session? Or is, is, there a, is, is there a way to build it and then eventually move them down the flow? 
depends on your personality. So I've got no problem with cold outreach if it is done in a way that isn't dicky or spammy. So I have no problem with messaging somebody that I've never spoken to saying, thanks for connecting. Um, really looking forward to seeing more of your content. I'm a marketing and mindset coach. These are the kinds of people that I work with. This is the sort of work that I do. Um, if you want to know any more, drop me a message and that's it. So that's like cold outreach in a way that's not dicky, but letting people know this is what I do. This is who it's for. Think you're a good fit. If you want it, here it is. If not, fine. Mm -hmm. um, but a more subtle, soft way of starting a conversation is looking through your existing audience and absorbing their content, sending emoji reactions to their stories, um, liking their content, being interested in what they're posting about. Um, if you're in groups where your ideal con like client hangs out, get involved in conversation. Doesn't have to be a group where you know everything. So it doesn't have to be, for example, a fit pro group where, and this is what a lot of fit pros get sucked into spending more time in groups where their peers are than mm -hmm. more times where their clients are having conversations. If you want to have an impact on the world, then talk to the people that don't know anything rather than talking and arguing with the people that know the same as you, but just apply it in a different way. So like I said, everywhere that you hang out, everywhere that you can have a conversation, have a conversation, but do it with your ideal client, put your energy there every single time rather than in areas where you're not going to get any return on it. Yeah, that is, that is quite a cool point where you're saying like, jump in these groups, have conversations, but if you don't feel confident messaging them straight away, interact with them, whether it's a like, and then the next time you comment, and then the next time you might start the, the hey, I've just been following you for a while, I just wanted to say hello and say, so you've got some cool posts and stuff. So yeah. you're having this conversation, you don't want to go in for the kill right away. How, how soon into a number of messages should you be going in for the kill and trying to sell your service? I think if there's any indication that they need what you offer or they are giving off signals and this is why communication and conversation is so important you should know if you work with people as a coach one-to-one -one, you should know when there's a cue happening for a conversation you should get an instinct for they're having a conversation with me they're clearly interested in what I do if there isn't a so say for example you put up a post and it has specific information about something um and off the back of that, they messaged us. I really enjoyed that post. Like that was a great post. You could start with something along the lines of thanks. Was there something specific within that post that you can relate to? Mm. And then that starts the conversation of, okay, well, maybe I can give you some more information about it. Do you want to jump on a call? Um, do you want to grab a coffee? I can maybe help you with this. This is what my clients pay me for just always seeding the idea that this is what you specialize in. People pay you for this information. So, so dating again, almost, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And people always say to me, oh, but I don't know how to, like, how do you approach someone online and start a conversation? It's like the same way that you do in real life. Like you haven't gone through life, like not talking to anybody. So it's just taking that. 
And I think it's courage more than anything. People always think, oh, I can't just message someone out of the blue. They'll think I'm a weirdo. It's like, so, but that's what your content is for. Like you want people to message you out of the blue. So why don't you just do that? So let's just take me. I am the perfect example of this. If Facebook wasn't around, you just wouldn't hear from me ever. I never put, well, I, I have to post on Facebook twice a day. That is like, I have to do it. I've even got a, a schedule here of what I need to post because <laughs> I, I, I hate posts on Facebook. I hate revealing stuff about what I do on Facebook. And I get told off all the time by my mentor that you need to do it. So let's take someone who is very similar to me and there's going to be loads of people watching or listening who are in this the same position as me. We rarely post on Facebook. We don't like revealing what we do on Facebook. No way you reach out to somebody and want to start a conversation. What type of things should we be doing to kind of get away from the fact of, I don't know, maybe it's just something in our head that's like, what happens if they say no? Or what happens if they put the middle finger up at you in that conversation and tell you to do one? How do you kind of get around that? Um, yeah, this is definitely a mindset thing. And this is what I spend a lot of my time on with my clients is getting or getting them away from that negativity that always expecting the worst kind of thing i've been using social media regularly for 12 years i can probably count on one hand the times that i've had something really negative impact me um and to be honest i probably deserved it at each of those points because i can be quite combative but if you are genuinely creating content that helps people, you're not being overly controversial or poking like the sleeping lion, then you're likely to not have those kinds of responses. If you reach out to somebody and you're offering them something that is helpful or of use to them and they turn around and say no, fine. But you've at least ticked that off for now. Like you don't progress by staying safe like you have to come out of your comfort zone and you have to talk to people it's like it's a volume game the more people that you have conversations with the more likely your message is to expand the quicker that you will get to the people that your stuff is for and this is exactly what it's about you have a product a service that truly helps people and transforms people takes them from genuinely um insecure not happy with themselves unconfident and moves them to a place of strength and empowerment that's an incredible job to have and you're not helping people by keeping that to yourself and reaching out to people online the more times that you do it and you don't get the no the better if people say no to you that's fine they're not for you you're not going to be for everybody if somebody turns around and tells you to fuck off that's more on them than it is on you it's i think it's just this i just don't want to have this conversation just in case i get some negative feedback like what is the worst that can actually happen will somebody die probably not will it affect your business like long term probably not if they say yes will it definitely so it's better to have that yes like the potential yes than to have that i'll never know if they wanted anything or not kind of feeling it's definitely a confidence definitely a practiced kind of behavior and i know it's not easy i know it isn't easy it is for me now i've been doing it for 12 years 
But at the start, because I got into social media when it wasn't as massive as it is now, I've been able to gently ease myself into all of this kind of stuff. But taking somebody fresh out of like PT school who's never used social media, whacking them into the middle of a Facebook group with 20,000 people and saying, talk to them. You're like, shit, I've no idea. So observe, look at the conversations happening around you. If it's something that you can contribute to, it doesn't have to be health or fitness. It can be fishing. It can be dogs. It can be golf. It can be Liverpool. It can be Arsenal. It can be anything. If there's a conversation... Everything's interesting to me. <laughs> if there's a conversation that you can get involved in in any way, shape or form, do it. It doesn't have to be about health or fitness. Cool. Okay. So to finish off, what final tips or hints or literally anything does it even have to be on the topic of nailing your niche and speaking their language have you got to finish this episode off with so um three tips know your key core values in life understand who you are before you start talking to other people um research your market research people um and number three practice more outreach stop hiding behind canva designs and start having conversations yeah i've got to stop paying my staff to do that happy birthday every day <laughs> <laughs> perfect okay so for anybody that's listening and they're kind of curious now about what does tanya actually do how can they find out a little bit more about you or maybe reach out or download the guide that you messaged or you'd mentioned uh, so yeah so i'm on instagram tanya underscore filer that's probably the best place to find me or facebook um lead magnet is in my bio link just head to that sign up to my emails and you'll get that straight away but yeah facebook and instagram are, are generally my platforms of choice right now i have a website but like everything else it's just there as a reference for me there's nothing of any worth on it it's just a holding page for now <laughs> but yeah facebook or instagram are good places to catch me tanya thank you very much today for coming on i'm guessing anybody that is watching this now is going to go back and kind of like go through all those notes again, be like writing down everything that we've talked about and hopefully they'll start generating loads of new clients and making some new sales and growing their fitness business. So again, thank you for coming on today and uh, we'll probably me. see you down the line in a couple more months. Thank you very much, David. So that was Tanya on understanding your target audience, really nailing your niche and talking their language. And it was really good insight in for all of us to really get better at not only what we're talking about, but our ads copy to our email follow-up series to everything that's needed to really generate quality leads and keep clients for the long term. This week, we've got a load more stuff coming up for you. But again, if you'd love to subscribe to the channel, just press pause, press subscribe. Or if you'd love to tell us a little bit more, then just write those comments down below. I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Cheers.